Welcome to Kidding Around, a kid health podcast for everyone. Parents, grandmas, teachers, anyone who touches the life of a child. I'm your host, Dr. Candace, a board-certified pediatrician and a mom of two. I sit down with expert guests to answer your questions about all things baby, child, and teen. So if you're wondering, why does she do that? Or how can I get rid of this rash? I got you. Hey everybody, welcome to Kidding Around. I'm Dr. Candace, and thank you so much for listening. Today we're talking about probiotics. You know, I'm sure you all have heard of probiotics. It's all the craze now. We People are using them for everything. You can buy them over the counter. And everything from colic to stomach aches to constipation uh, to viral illnesses, people are using probiotics for. So I, I want to talk about are they really what we say they are? Are they truly helpful? Should you really be spending your money on probiotics? Are they as, or is it something that we really should be spending a lot of time on? I have my friend, my guest is our resident pediatric gastroenterologist, Dr. Arvind Srina from the Children's Hospital of Pittsburgh. He is here again to talk about probiotics with us. So he's going to take us through that and just, just break it down and tell us what they are and what they can be used for, if they're really, truly helpful, and any precautions we need to look out for. Now, first, before I introduce him, you know, I always have to give thanks. So I just want to quickly say we had an ACE conference here in Orlando. It was amazing, 550 people. So I want to shout out Valencia College, the Department or Institute of Peace and Justice, Rachel Allen, and all the sponsors who put that on. Thanks for having me as a panelist. Also, I want to thank Shannon Green with Orlando Sentinel for doing a wonderful article on toxic stress in children in urban communities. And thanks for those key individuals in the community for telling me how much they appreciated that article. Shout out to Jonathan and also Africa for sharing my ACES word in the clinic. Everybody needs to be ACE aware and informed. It's a game changer. And finally, Pods in Color for recognizing my episode with Dr. Lucille O'Neill, who just happens to be the mother of Shaquille O'Neal. So thank you guys for all of that. Now back to our very our VIP guest, pediatric gastroenterologist, Dr. Arvind Srina. How are you doing today? Thank you for coming to Kid Around with me. I'm great, Dr. Jones. Thank you so much. And uh, thank you for this opportunity. And uh, more importantly, thank you. Congratulations on your ACES Award. The amount of advocacy and education you've been doing is, is incredible. So it's an honor to be here and an honor to work with you. Thank you. We're lifelong friends. We were just catching up on our kids and we went to residency together and we uh, toiled the halls of Johns Hopkins together. So we're connected forever, I think. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so let's jump right in. What are probiotics? And then first I would say, what are prebiotics? Because we see, we hear prebiotics, probiotics. What does that mean and how are they connected? So it's so a great question, and I'll preface this by saying that along the lines of your introduction, this topic itself can be super stressful because it's so complex 
And because there is so much information out there that is constantly growing, the most concrete answers I'm probably going to be giving you are the answers to your questions that you just had right now in terms of what are prebiotics and what are probiotics. Um, as we discuss further, I'm probably going to raise a lot of more questions than answers, but that's in efforts to help guide folks to to best help their children um, lead a healthy life and to help them with um, the, the transient issues that they may be having. So to get at your question of what are prebiotics, so uh, prebiotics defined as dietary ingredients that cannot be digested, that can beneficially affect someone by stimulating growth or activity of some bacteria in the gut, okay? Right. So I'll further simplify that by saying they're ingredients that can help bacteria grow or make them more active and those particularly bacteria in the gut. Probiotics are actually live organisms, which when administered in good amounts can confer a health benefit in someone. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. I've heard it likened to for everyday people kind of like prebiotics can be the soil or the fertilizer when you think about a plant, right? And then yeah. the probiotics may be the actual plant that you're trying to grow those those good bacteria to make your gut more healthy because you do need good bacteria in your gut to help digest and keep everything healthy. That's a wonderful analogy. Exactly. Yeah. So that those maybe they're nutrients, things that you need more of to help the promote the growth of the good bacteria, the prebiotics. Yeah. That is perfect. Exactly. Okay. Okay. And so we'll talk about what would be some examples of prebiotics, like things that you can t intake or eat or put in your body. Yeah. So actually the, the most common example and probably widely recognized is dietary fiber. Okay. So many dietary fibers are included under the definition of prebiotics. Okay. I love that. I love that. And something I can't take in really, people talk about fermented foods right. as being good prebiotics. You know, the sauerkrauts, what are those drinks, kefir yeah. and kombucha? What are, I don't know. Nailed it. How exactly. do you pronounce that? Can't pronounce the latter. Kombucha, so you <laughs> all of these like vinegary fermented drinks that people drink to try to get more of that that fertilizer in their gut, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Right, right. It's a big I don't know for me. And it just doesn't taste good. So I'm like, can I do this in a you know, can I eat some sauerkraut or some more cabbage or or something like that? Yeah. So we have our definitions. So when do we use these things? So obviously, like you said, it's good to have good bacteria in the gut. So gut health is important. So maybe we should start there. Why is it so healthy? Why is it important to have a healthy gut and have that, those, that good bacteria in the gut for overall health? Yeah, so we are constantly learning the importance of why we need good bacteria. And this can apply to diseases in the gut as well as diseases outside the gut too. I think the most common thing that we think about in terms of what good bacteria can be used for are preventing infections or even making perhaps infections less severe. Good bacteria may also be helpful in helping those, the body's part that fights infection, the immune system, help taming it so it doesn't get overactive and um, lead to conditions where it may be causing more harm than good for the body. Okay. Those are just two general examples, okay. which I think are relevant to what we're talking about. 
Right. And also may even be helpful, and you correct me if I'm wrong, in preventing certain gut cancer, like colon cancer and and helping with inflammation. And that's a part, a part of the immune system, like you said, with those inflammatory gut diseases. Yeah, you nailed it. So long term, it's a good, diverse gut population of bacteria can certainly be helpful in preventing certain cancers down the road, namely colon cancer. And um, yeah, just to further specify what I was getting at, and thank you for for clarifying, is a good bacteria may be helpful in in preventing the body inflammation in areas of the body. Um, But that's still an area that we're still learning more about. Right. We need the evidence. We have a lot of claims and not a lot of strong evidence because that's what we are as doctors. You know, there are nutritionists and all these people out there sometimes, and I hate to call out one field, but there are people out there that make claims and get you to buy these products. They may have anecdotal evidence that this helped my child or this has been shown to help people, but then we have to back it up with evidence to prove in large populations of people in a, in, in a correct type of study that this actually does work, right? We have to reproduce it. Exactly, exactly. And what makes it even more difficult is that it's difficult just by the nature of some of these conditions not being the most common. It's hard to study these conditions, these things, particularly in kids. Right. And also because there's so many probiotics and prebiotics out there, it's hard to focus on just one. Um, especially when you go to the grocery store or the pharmacy, you see hundreds, if not thousands out there. Right. And that gets to the the next point. I'm glad you segued into that. I mean, you walk down the aisle, there's, I mean, this is a whole industry now. I went to a American Academy a Pediatrics Conference, and I promise, and from my perspective, it was more probiotic vendors than probably anything. I mean, every company now has their probiotic. Their probiotic is the best. Probiotic prevents colic or treats colic. Their probiotic does this. And they all want to come to your office. And they, I mean, it's just very overwhelming, right? So with that being said, and then you walk down the pharmacy aisle and they're, like you said, there's tons of options. So what's the skinny on that? Like, how do we tease that out? (laughs) So a great question. And I wish I had a very straightforward answer. What I will tell you is that there are, as I mentioned before, there are thousands of studies out there looking at various types of probiotics and how they can be helpful versus not for certain conditions, namely infection or preventing inflammation or even related to allergy. The, this is where it's helpful to partner with your healthcare provider, if you're a patient and or family, to work with them on looking at the actual studies to figure out which probiotic can actually be helpful for their child's condition and to help things better move forward, to help guide them when they're getting things over the counter, since insurance may not necessarily cover certain probiotics, where to guide them and what ingredients or types of probiotics they should be looking for on that bottle, which may be a conglomerate of many different probiotics. Right. So what I'm hearing you saying is that not all probiotics are created equal, number one, and not all probiotics. So when we say probiotics, those are the bacteria that's in that product that they're using that claims to help this condition. And so not all of them are the same bacteria. Not all of them are created equal. And depending on what's going on with your child, you may or may not need to use a certain one. So talk to your doctor about getting that advice. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. So in general, 
do you recommend probiotics? And what cases do you recommend them if you do? And which ones do you recommend? Great question. This is a few specific case scenarios where I don't necessarily strongly enforce probiotics, but I suggest that they may be helpful. Okay. okay. And I could branch those down from newborns into the older child. Okay. Right. So for infants who may have this wonderful but horrible for families dealing with a condition namely called colic, right? There is growing data and good data suggesting that a particular probiotic called lactobacillus ruteri may be helpful. Okay. And as I mentioned before, it's very difficult to, you don't go to the pharmacy and see a bottle that says lactobacillus ruteri. You see a bottle that has some name on it and you have to look in the ingredients to see if it contains that probiotic or not. So that's where one type of probiotic may be helpful. In folks with disorders where the gut may be more sensitive to food moving through or more be set, maybe just more sensitive to reacting to external stressors. The term that's often used is irritable bowel syndrome. I prefer the term visceral hypersensitivity, where the gut is more sensitive to things. There are certain probiotics, namely VSL number three, which may be helpful for that condition. And lastly, there are certain infections. I think we've all known about an infection called C. difficile or C. diff, where VSL number three may be helpful in preventing recurrences. I'll just caution these general suggestions by saying there are certain risks associated with probiotics in certain populations, and I'll just stop right there in case you want to in case you want to go into that a little bit later. Right. Okay. Yeah, that's great. So we definitely will talk about that. So in those particular cases, I will say C. difficile in pediatrics is pretty uncommon. And if your child has that, they'd be seeing a, a gastroenterologist or specialist. And then also you mentioned with this irritable bowel type syndrome. So let's talk about those two cases. But colic is very common, right? Yeah. How would yeah. a parent, so lactobacillus ruteri, how would yeah. a parent, which probiotic do you recommend? Do you have a favorite or just look for that in the ingredients list? And then how long should they use that or how should they use that? Great question. So so I would say to answer your first question, how would they find this type of, of probiotic? I would suggest working with the pharmacist and or looking at the bacteria at the ingredient list of different probiotics to identify if that probiotic is in that bottle or not is helpful. With regards to the duration, so it's unclear based on the studies out there how long this should these probiotics be taken to reassure families. I haven't yet identified any harm with stopping these probiotics abruptly. So the take-home message is, is that once the if and once things are getting better, it's okay to trial off. Okay. Your child will still be safe. Yes. And we know colic is three weeks to three months. It's, it's a phase, if you will, or a stage. And so that may be the range of period of time that you utilize it. And as your child grows out of that, because they do, you will come off of that probiotic. So I think that's wonderful information. Thank you so much for that. Now, you didn't mention one condition, and that's the famous common <laughs> viral gastroenteritis, VGE, a stomach flu, right? And yeah. so a lot of times I'm seeing providers give these probiotics episodically for the stomach flu. And there's a recent study that says that may not be so great or may not be so helpful. And so what do you think about that? So I... These, so 
the data support recommendations for probiotics for acute gastroenteritis or acute biogastroenteritis have been thus far based on studies that have been small and where there have been some discussion over how the methods have been and whether or not they were helpful to mimic the general population. Okay. As you alluded to, two recent studies um, were large and well-designed that showed that in a ton of patients, probiotics were not helpful in helping people get better when they had acute viral gastroenteritis. Um, and these, uh, I'll preface this by saying we all know the New England Journal of Medicine. It's always mentioned in the news and um, you are famous, so I'm sure you've mentioned oh, it no. times too. It's uh, these two studies were published in, in the very reputable New England Journal of Medicine. So I've changed my recommendations based on these studies. Okay. So this is something that you, that would guide your practice. Okay. Yeah. And so hopefully that will bring us up to current and that it may save you some pennies, <laughs> save you some money, not to rush out and try to buy them for these particular cases. We know what works with that. So don't take medicines for it. Fluids and time and rest and hydration, all of those still natural Pediolite, old school things that we've always been educating parents on when you get the stomach flu still work. And it may not help you to spend extra money on probiotics during that period of time. It's typically a week anyway, right? Right. Exactly. Exactly. All right. So we're moving on. Now, you alluded to this. So let's get to that. Any precautions with using probiotics? Is there any harmful side effects, certain populations of kids that shouldn't be using it? That type of information. Yeah, so great, great question. And thanks for bringing this up. I'll start by saying when considering using probiotic is helpful, it's super helpful to consult your healthcare provider to identify any risks associated with them, if any. And that's just, we all care about safety. As we discussed earlier, probiotics, part of the definition is that they are live, live organisms that you're putting into your body. Okay. So in theory, if someone's immune system is not working correctly, it's not the strongest, for example, these organisms may not necessarily be checked or kept in control and may actually lead to an infection in a person's body. So that segues into if someone's body generally is not, the immune system is not working correctly, whether that because of med, due to medications or because they are undergoing treatments for other reasons, it's probably not advisable, but, but it really reinforces the need to discuss with your healthcare provider whether or not they're safe. Second, which is a more rare condition, but I'll just mention this reinforces, if some people are requiring any medical devices, particularly devices which help them gain nutrition, long term, that's also helpful to discuss with your healthcare provider with regards to the safety because they may not be. Right. Absolutely. Okay. For the general population outside of those two conditions, are there any known side effects of probiotics? It, particularly in that New England Journal of Medicine study. And uh, it's hard to tell from the other ones. From what I glean, I do not glean any, any significant side effects from probiotics in general, which is one of the reasons why they can be gotten over the counter. Okay. Sounds good. So, yeah, I think we covered it all, right? And so the, the point of it is gut health. I really want to drive that home. We may not need all of these 
supplements and extra medications, if we focus on putting the things in our gut that make it healthy in the first place, you already have bacteria in your gut, right? From the time you're born within what we always say hours or minutes to hours, you're becoming colonized with the bacteria your body needs in your gut, right? And so it's there. And depending on what you're putting in your body, what you're taking in and eating and how you're treating your body determines most of the time, I would say, how that that good bacteria flourishes and how it keeps your gut healthy, right? There's other factors, but I would say we know that diet is important, what you eat, what you drink. And so that prebiotic piece, the fertilizer is very important. And then you may not have to worry about then adding supplements in or adding the probiotics in when you get sick or when there's a problem or things come about. Would you agree with that? I completely agree. And the only little agenda that I'll make is that we are in a constant effort, particularly now, to be healthy. And we're looking for vehicles to help maintain that healthy lifestyle, that healthy diet, that healthy appetite. And one Oftentimes, these extra substances can be vehicles to give us motivation. For example, I'm taking substance X because I think it's going to be helpful to make sure that I'm eating healthy. That may motivate me to eat an apple with my lunch as opposed to something that's not as healthy. But people, if it's helpful to keep that in mind, that are we using a substance to actually get healthier itself or is that substance helping us scaffold and help the rest of our lives and is that substance really needed if we can just adjust the rest of our lives for that reason now that's a good question that's a good question what's your overall opinion of these probiotics so i (laughs) i posed the question in the beginning i said okay they're all the craze but should they be and should you be spending your money on them so what's the take-home message I wish I could give you a straight answer on that. And uh, I'll say from a purely beta-driven standpoint, I do not yet know. Okay. I'll say that I know that if you have certain conditions for which the data is strong enough, they may be helpful. Okay. I don't think we know enough to say that everybody needs to take a probiotic every day. All right. That's a good, that's a good answer. I think that's a great answer. So hold off, save your money, talk to your doctor. They recommend it, understand why and how long, and just don't feel like you have to do this every single day, you know, because now there are probiotics, not just for the gut, there are probiotics for the urinary tract. There's probiotics for, you know, brain health and, and, and all these things. So yeah. And we know the gut does way more than what we thought, what, 30, 40, 50 years ago. We know that. It's amazing. It's like the second brain, as they say. And so, but I think the industry is using that to just add, woo, a whole lot of stuff for us to be taking, right? So just caution, and you may not need to be spending all your money. Due diligence to research, talk to your doctor and guide what particular situation is going on with your child as to whether you're going to use it or not. Don't feel like it's just because, just to do it, just to add it in, right? Nailed it. Exactly. All right. So can you give us some resources for parents maybe to go get some more information? Yeah. You know, there's, I think, helpful resources, in particular the Mayo Clinic, I found was hugely helpful if you look at probiotics. Um, uh, well, it will probably, our National Pediatric GI Society has a website, G-I-K-I-D-S dot 
Org, which I'm sure will start having some information about probiotics since they have oodles of information about very relevant gut diseases. But those are two that I would point families to. Awesome. And then you can always go to the healthychildren.org sponsored by the AAP and just look up probiotics, colic, whatever condition that you're thinking that maybe probiotics could be helpful just to kind of check into that as well. But thank you so much. This one was quick, which we, we like little short ones, very powerful and informative, but I get this all the time. So I hopefully we answered some of our parents' questions and I think you broke it down and gave us the answers that we needed today. So thank you so much, Dr. Srina. Hello to the family. <laughs> Thank you so much, Dr. Jones. Thank you for this opportunity. And hello to your family too. Thank All you right. again. Thank you guys so much Thanks. for listening and we'll talk soon. I hope you enjoyed this episode and learned something today to promote health and well-being in children. Let me know by subscribing to the podcast on drcandacemd.com and iTunes or SoundCloud. Feel free to leave me comments and questions. You never know, they may be on the show. Also, follow me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you would like for me to be involved with your kid-related event or be a health expert on air or in print, please feel free to contact me at info at Thanks for listening. We'll kid around soon. Mm-hmm.